Well, hello everyone. Welcome to Read Through the Bible Elder Linda. So glad you joined me. <clears throat> we have a good lesson today. Uh, but before we start, I just want to show off one of my gifts I got as a Mother's Day present from my sister. This is so, I love this. This is so cute. It says, uh, Mother, I love you. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And on the other side, it says her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Proverbs 31, 28. This is just so beautiful. It says, God, the Father, loves you with an everlasting love, and he has both a purpose and a plan for your life. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Jeremiah 29, 11. Jesus is Lord. Isn't that awesome? I love it. I love it. This is from my sister who lives in Alaska who mailed it to me. She just wanted me to have a little something, something. So um, anyway, thank you very much, Evelyn, for the nice gift. And I will definitely be using it as I do my studies. Amen. Anyway, so let's get uh, get down to business here. Glad you're joining me. Um, this is Reading Through the Bible with Elder Linda, uh, the channel that you're on right now. And if this is your first time coming to this channel, uh, here we read the scripture together. We make sure we understand it and we make application to our lives. Uh, give me a thumb up, subscribe to the channel, uh, the YouTube channel, Reading Through the Bible with Elder Linda, and you'll be notified when there's uh, a new video posted. And comments and questions are welcome. So last week we finished chapter 22 of Matthew and where we were talking about the question uh, that Jesus got about paying taxes. We talked about uh, how he said, give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and give to God the things that belongs to God. So yes, you should pay your taxes and uh, you should give your praise and your worship and your adoration to God and give that earthly money to where it belongs to Caesar. We, uh, we talked about the question of the resurrection, uh, how the Sadducees tried to trap Jesus into uh, asking him about the resurrection, a woman that had a number of husbands. Okay, when the resurrection, who's going to be her husband? Because she, she was the wife of all seven of these men. And um, still couldn't trip Jesus because he said, well, you, you greatly err because in the resurrection, there's neither marriage or given in marriage. Uh, that uh, We talked about that. My husband and I will not be... Um, a married couple in heaven. Uh, we won't have that kind of relationship. So we don't understand all of how it's going to be like. I know it's going to be wonderful and glorious and uh, looking forward to that glorious day of seeing his face. Uh, but he's he shows us a little bit that definitely we're not going to be like husband and wife. Uh, and then he answered the question in chapter 22 about uh, the most important commandment which is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. It's a, those two commandments, and we talked about those a little bit. And then Jesus gave them a question at the end of chapter 22, uh, saying, okay, well, if uh, if Jesus is uh, an heir to David, son of David, how is he also, uh, why did David call him the Messiah? And we talked about that because uh, Jesus was human and divine. And the Pharisees got stumped with the question that Jesus asked them because they did not recognize Jesus' deity. Okay, so today we're going to be on Matthew chapter 23, and we're going to start there uh, with a word of prayer. 
And in Matthew, before we uh, pray, just to tell you that Matthew 23 is going is where Jesus is going to pronounce at least seven woes against the Pharisees. And he's also going to uh, grieve over Jerusalem, the holy city. So let's uh, start with a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you. We praise you. We honor you. We're so grateful, Lord God. Father, I pray for all the mothers out there, Lord Jesus, that you continue to give them the strength to do the many things that they have to do. Father, we know that we as mothers wear a lot of hats. So God, I, I pray that you would encourage the mothers, Father, and, and cause them to know how to, to, uh, to, to find rest for themselves and, and when to pull away so that they can take care of themselves, oh God. Father, we just thank you, Lord Jesus, Father, for this lesson. We just ask, Lord God, that you would enlighten us and show us, Lord God, what you would have us to see in, as we read these verses. Holy Spirit, come in to be the teacher, and we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so amen. We're going to be in uh, Matthew chapter 23. And remember, we're still on week number, um, we're still on the, on the Holy Week, the last week of Jesus' of life. And this is still Tuesday. Uh, so this chapter is taking place, and um, the woes that he's pronouncing is on, on a Tuesday. That's the day before Friday when he's going to be crucified. So this is the Tuesday before the Friday where Jesus is going to be crucified. Okay. <clears throat> All right, so we're going to start. We're going to be in, I might go in the uh, King James Version as well as in the um, uh, New Living Translation. We'll see. We might go back and forth tonight. But we're going to start with, uh, with the New Living Translation. I mean, I'm sorry, with the King James Version. And actually, we're going to read all the way down to verse number 30, 36. So that's almost at the end of the chapter. Uh, and I might stop in between it, but we're going to start chapter 23, verse 1. So then spake Jesus to the multitude and to the disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore, whosoever they bid you observe, that observe and do. All therefore, whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do. But do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. So he's telling them right now, and, and you know, that the Pharisees, well, the first, the second verse says, the scribes and the Pharisees sit in the seat of Moses. And what that's saying is, uh, in the seat of Moses is a seat of authority, where the scribes and the Pharisees were actually interpreting the laws. So they were telling people to do things that they weren't actually doing themselves. Verse four said, for they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be born and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move, move with them, move them with one of their fingers. But all their works they do for to be seen of men. That's the catch here. So they're doing everything they do to be seen. They make broad their uh, phylacteries, and we're going to talk about that in a minute, and enlarge the borders of their garments and love the uppermost rooms at feasts and the chief seats in the synagogue. So they like get the best seats and greetings in the markets 
and to be called by men rabbi. So they like to be recognized. These are people that want to be seen and recognized. Verse 8. But be not ye called rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ, and all ye are brethren. And all and call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. Neither be ye called masters, for one is your master, even Christ. But ye, but he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. So what is this talking about? God is telling us to be humble. We need to be humble. But woe unto you, and here comes the woes. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for ye neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. So we're going to stop there because this is going to be, um, it's going to be a lot to cover. So before we get to the woes, let's go back to verse two, where it says, uh, where Jesus is telling the multitude and the disciples uh, to follow the law because the Pharisees didn't know the law. Now they knew the law. Follow the law, but don't follow what they do because they don't practice what they preach. So don't, don't look at their lives because their, their lives aren't showing anything. And, and as we get into this, we want to make sure we're not seeing ourselves in these Pharisees that, uh, because we can very easily, we have that same nature. We can very easily be these kind of people. So I want, as we read it, that we should take it as a warning that God's telling us, don't be this way. Because uh, he put things in the Bible for us to learn from. So we should be learning from these Pharisees that this is not the way you want to be. This is not who we want to be, okay? Um, so in verse so in verse one two through four it tells them that they're not practicing what they preach. They tell people to do things, but they're not doing it themselves. Verse two said, "The scribe and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat." And we talked about how Moses' seat. Moses was a teacher. He was a great teacher, and it was a place of authority. So they are sitting in a place of authority. So listen to what they say. Listen to the word, the Bible when they're giving you the Bible truth, but don't do what they do. Uh, they do things to be seen. And we talked about the word flow, um, flactories. In verse 5, it says, But all their works they do for to be seen, then they make their broad phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments. So that word phylacteries is spelled P H Y. L-A-C-T-E-R-I-E-S. And what that was, was um, the, the children of Israel had been in Exodus chapter 13, verse 9 and 16. You can look that up. Uh, God had given them an order that said that you need to write, the, write my laws upon your heart, put them on your forehead, you know, uh, and, and, and uh, so that you can see them and so that it reminds you of what you need to do. So, a phylactery was actually, it's like a square case that had four scriptures in there. And it had four scriptures from Exodus chapter 13, verse 1 through 10, uh, verses 11 through 16 is the second scripture. And then Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 through 9, 
and Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 18 through 21. So those four scriptures were in, was listed on four, um, in four, in the square box that they had. And they put it on their head and they would actually tie a leather strap around their head. So that it was on their forehead. Um, and they also had, I think it was the left arm where they put, um, the same four scriptures wrapped up in this little box around his left arm. And that's supposed to be a way of saying that I'm always remembering, uh, the word of God, because they were supposed to do this, that they would remember how God delivered them from Egypt. And, uh, they were leather boxes. I think I said they were small leather boxes, and they would contain strips of the strips of the scripture. Now the Pharisees, the problem with this, the Pharisees were making these little boxes. They would make them larger to make them stand out more, to make them huge, uh, to make sure everyone could see them. Now, according to manners and customs, uh, this leather case that was attached to the forehead using straps was placed right up here, like, like kind of between the eyes. But the religious leaders wore this, taking the scripture in Exodus chapter 13, verse 9 through 16, literally, putting the scriptures about how the Lord rescued them from Egypt on their, uh, on their hands and on their forehead, between their eyes. So in verse 5, when it talks about uh, how they added garments, because it said also... And they enlarged the borders of their garments. Now, also on their garments in uh, Exodus 13, 9, 16, it was saying that they were supposed to add tassels to their garments um, to show and and to show that they um, to show how God rescued them from Egypt. They're supposed to have that on their hand and on their forearm. Uh, and the tassels and the fringes on the garments were attached with a blue cord. And this came from the books of the law in Numbers, chapter 15, verse 37, 40 through 40. God gave this commandment to the children of Israel through Moses. And the purpose of these tassels or these fringes was to remind them to keep God's commandments and to be holy. Now, the problem with these tassels, even though God had commanded them to put tassels on their garment, was that the Pharisees would make their tassels extra long to show that they were obeying God's word and they were very religious. They were holy. So it's still, it's, it's, it's all for show. Everything is for show for them. Uh, <clears throat> also, they like to sit at the head table. Uh, they like the best seats in the house. And so we want to make sure that we're asked to sit at the head table. Don't just assume coming in proudly and, and, and sit somewhere where you're not supposed to sit because you might be asked to move. And that would be embarrassing. So you want to, you know, stay humble and don't don't try to, you know, get up at the head table. Sit sit in the, sit in the back, sit in the last seat, and and wait to be asked to come up closer, uh, come up to the to the uh, head table. Uh, in verse seven, it says, "Be careful of seeking after titles because titles in themselves are not evil." So they were seeking after titles. They like to be. Called in verse seven, it says they like greetings in the marketplace and to be called rabbi. So they liked all that. But we want to be careful of that because although Titus was known Jesus, because Jesus was called the Messiah, and before he left the earth, he gave us many leaders with titles apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. So Jesus is not against these titles, uh, but 
we have to be careful that that's not what we're seeking after. Amen. When God has a calling on your life of apostle, your gift will make room for you. That's scripture. Proverbs 18, 16. You don't have to prove it. You don't have to try and make people believe that you who you say you are. Your gift to make room for you. When the anointing is on your life, when, the, when you have a gifting on your life, everybody's going to see it. And you don't even have to worry about it. People will see that you have that gift. It should not matter if they call you uh, by that name, by a name or a title or not. If you're a teacher, it will be like fire shut up in your bones. If you're an evangelist, uh, you can't help it. If you be evangelizing all the time, you're, you're compelled to do what you do when it's a gifting from God. If, if you're prophetic, you'll be compelled to give a prophetic word. It'll just come to you. It just flows out of you. Uh, if, if you have that, that burden to shepherd a congregation, it'll just be there. You'll just want to do that. Amen. Because it's a gift that comes from God. So I believe Jesus rebuking the scribes and the Pharisees for this title thing. And, and <clears throat> because the Pharisees, uh, were claiming those titles without having the gift and without actually being the gift. Because when Jesus left, he said he gave gifts unto man. So basically, you are the gift to the church. Uh, to, because that's why God gave us these gifts. Because he wants to grow the church up. So when God calls you, just remember you are the gift. It's just who you are. So as we read these passages, not that Jesus is against these gifts, but he's against fake people. Because this was not the case with the Pharisees. Uh, the gift was not who they were. They would say one thing with their mouth, but their actions would say something totally opposite. So a couple of these words like a uh, rabbi, he said, don't, doesn't call anybody rabbi. Rabbi means my master. Christ is our master and we all have to answer to him. We are fellow brothers and sisters with different assignments or roles while we are on this earth to bring in his kingdom. So uh, just because I do something different than you, my assignment might be different. That doesn't make me better uh, or vice versa because you're doing something different than I am. That doesn't make you better than me. Uh, it's just a different assignment and we have to be faithful to whatever assignment God has given us. The word father, he said, don't call anybody father. And, and when you look up that word in concordance, father could be literally or figuratively uh, as a parent. A father gives, gives you life, but only God gives us life. God is our life giver. And so we should not be worshiping someone, putting them in a place that is higher than God. We have many father figures, those that care about us and uh, are looking out for our souls. But there is only one true father who is God Almighty, he is our Father. Amen? The word masters, if you look that up in the concordance, it means a guide and a teacher, uh, a leader. Jesus is our leader and our guide. We follow him. All gifted leaders, now I want you to catch this, all gifted leaders who've been gifted by God should be pointing you to Christ not themselves. All gifted leaders 
should be helping you grow in Jesus and not allowing you to stay uh, dependent upon them. So the gifts we are given for us, God's church, is to, for us to reach perfection, for us to grow up. This is why God gave gifts to man. This is why he gave the apostle, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and the teachers. Till we come into the unity of the faith. In Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, it tells us the purpose of our giftings. If we are seeking recognition, now hear me well, if you're seeking recognition or titles for any other reason other than Ephesians 4, 11, 16, then we are no better than the Pharisees. So let's just read that what Ephesians 4, 11 through 16 tells us. It says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Five gifts we just named. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Again, their responsibility is to equip God's people. If you got any kind of title, your responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Verse 13, this will continue, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teachers, all those gifts flowing in the church, will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So Jesus gave those gifts for a reason and the scribes and the Pharisees were not moving in those gifts. Verse 14, he said, then we will no longer be immature like children. This is once we, we've grown up because with all these gifts are flowing, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, pastor, and teachers all are flowing in the church in their rightful place. Everybody's where they're supposed to be. Then we will no longer be mature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about in every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us and trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, verse 15, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So each one of us have an assignment and each one of us need to be doing our assignment, whatever our assignment is. And there's plenty of work for all of us. Uh, so whatever God has called you to do, whatever fire that's shut up in your bones, that's what you need to be doing so that we can edify the body of Christ, everybody in their rightful place, that the body may be whole. And all of it's for a purpose. It's for a temporary purpose to grow up the body, to grow us up in Christ. Amen. As we just read in Ephesians chapter four. So that's the purpose of the gift. That's the purpose. If you have a title, that's the purpose of your title. So we don't want to get it twisted. 
and be after titles just for the sake of titles so we can look important. No, if, we're, if, if you're not using your gifting for the kingdom, then you're missing it. It's got to be used for the kingdom. So if we're seeking after a title for any other reason, as we, as we listed, we're being deceived and we're missing the mark. In verse 8, remember the Holy Spirit is the teacher. We are just vessels he uses to do his teaching. That's all we are. We're just vessels that he can flow through, that he can use. He is the teacher. Amen. Verse 9, we only have one heavenly father and that is God. Verse 11 to 12 says, in God's kingdom, to be great means to be a servant, to humble yourself. So isn't that, isn't that awesome? Because God's kingdom is so opposite from the way we think mentally, the way we uh, man thinks. Because we think if you want to if you want to get to the top, then you got to climb over some people's heads and you just got to just go ham to get there. God says, if you want to be great, if you want to be first in the kingdom, then you strive to be last. You go underneath. You push people up. You be underneath people. You help lift others up. And in, in serving people, that makes you great. Jesus even showed us how uh, what it meant to serve when he washed the disciples' feet. And I'm sure none of them wanted to do it. So he came in and showed them, this is, this is, this is what the kingdom is like. If you want to be great in the kingdom, you want to be the greatest in the kingdom, learn to serve. Learn to give of yourself. Amen. And let's not be seeking after titles as the Pharisees were, uh, uh, wanting to be called, wanting anybody to call them big name and, and, you know, wanting people to wait on them. We need to be serving people. You need to have your, have a heart after God's people. And you can tell, you, you, you can tell when leaders are kind of puffed up in the head and when they're actually loving on their people and they want the people to do better. Uh, you can just tell. So that's the way we want to be. We don't want to be like the scribes and the Pharisees. Uh, we don't want to be just seeking after a name or a title. We want to have our title used for the kingdom of God. So amen. Uh, amen. We're going to stop there uh, because we have a lot more to get into. And the next section is talking about hypocrites uh, and, and the woes that he pronounced. Uh, let's just get the definition of hypocrites before we go. We have a few more minutes here. So hypocrites... The word hypocrite means, according to Strong's, an actor under an assumed character. And he's talking about the Pharisees because he called them hypocrites. So you are acting out a part, pretending to be a certain character. You are a fake person. This is what we don't want to be like. You don't want to be a hypocrite. You don't want to be acting out a, a character or a role. You don't want to put the face on when we go to church and then when we get home, we're totally different. We don't want that. We don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. We want to be real because remember, God sees you. He sees you when you're at home. He sees you when you're at church. And who are you trying to please? You should be trying to please God and not people and not man. And and, and if there is a, a different, a discrepancy between who you are at church and who you are at home, we should be praying to God and crying out to him, Lord, I, I want to be real. I want you to change me into your image. I want to be the same person when I'm at church as, as I am at home. I don't want to be two different people. I don't want to put on the face when I get there and be somebody totally different when I get home. So we want to uh, cry out to God and he will change you. He will hear you. Uh, the, the dictionary definition of a hypocrite 
is a person who pretends to have virtues or qualities that he or she does not have. A person whose actions contradict their stated beliefs or feelings. Mm. We don't want to be hypocrites. You know, and a lot of people have left the church because they, and they've said that terminology, well, you know, they're just a bunch of hypocrites. Uh, and God knows, God knows our heart. Uh, sometimes people, people say that because they want an excuse not to even go to church. Uh, because just because you see some people, that's the other side of the coin. Just because you see some people that are not practicing what they preach, doesn't mean you throw the baby out with the bathwater. Doesn't mean that you, you give up on God completely. Well, I don't want nothing to do with God because those people over there, okay, well, you're going to see some people stumble. You're going to see some people that, that may be uh, not where they're supposed to be because we're we're a work in progress. Uh, and some people are allowing God to deal with them and work on them and they're changing. Uh, some are not. Some are just there and allowing God to, uh, not allowing God to change them. And but as a person that's that's seeking God, don't let anything turn you around because you're seeking God. Uh, there's, I think it was Paul that says, follow me as I follow Christ. So as long as you keep your eyes on the Lord and you can spot those that are on fire for him, get behind those that are on fire because you're going to see others by the wayside that are not walking like they're supposed to. Don't let that deter you. Keep your vision on the Lord. Keep your eyes stead forward. God, I want you. That's all I want you. I don't care what other people are doing. I want you and I am not going to be stumbled. I'm not going to be stumbled by people that are not walking the straight and narrow way because I want you to continue to work in me because Jesus is coming back and we want to be ready when he comes back. And guess what? When he comes back, he's not going to be accepting any excuses from us saying, well, Lord, I stopped following you because Sister so-and-so wasn't acting right. Mm -mm, that's not going to even work with him. You're going to be held accountable for your own salvation, for your own soul. So don't let nobody turn you around. There used to be a song we used to sing. Don't let nobody turn you around. Just set your face like a flint. You're going to see the king no matter what comes your way. Don't let anybody distract you. Amen. Don't be like these Pharisees. Uh, we don't want to be hypocrites, but we want to be true. And if there's any area in your life where you find that you, you might seem like or think you're a hypocrite, just talk to, the, talk to the Father. Lord, I don't want to be this way. I don't want to be a hypocrite. Make me real. Make me holy. Make me just like you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we're going to stop there. And um, anybody that listening that have not accepted Christ into your heart, please go to my channel on YouTube called Reading Through the Bible with Elder Linda. There's a playlist there and there's two videos. <clears throat> Called, one is called the sinner's prayer. The other one is teaching about salvation where you will be taught why you need Jesus and you'll be given all the scriptures as to uh, about your salvation so you can understand uh, about your salvation experience. Amen. Amen. Let's just close with prayer. And next week we will, we will pick up on verse uh, 13. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for all those listening, oh God. Holy Spirit, we just pray, Lord Jesus, that you help us, Lord God, and teach us, Lord, that we don't want to be like the Pharisees, oh God. Father, we want to be real. We want to be genuine. We want to be like you, Lord. Father, we just pray that you would change us into your image, oh God. Clean up all those things in us that is not like you, Lord. 
Father, here we are. We come before you with arms stretched out. Only you can change us. Only you can mold us. Only you can make us. We thank you, Lord God, that you're so faithful to us and that you're yet working on us, O oh God. And we give you all the praise, honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you, and I'll see you next week.